The first lesson to be read on the first Sunday of Lent is found in the book of Genesis. The Lord God formed man out of the clay of the ground and blew into his nostrils the breath of life, and so the man became a living being. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east, and placed there the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made various trees to grow that were delightful to look at and good for food, with the tree of life in the middle of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the animals that the Lord God had made, and the serpent said to the woman, Did God really tell you not to eat from any of the trees in the garden? The woman answered the serpent, saying, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. It is only about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, You shall not eat of it or even touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You shall not die. For God knows well that the moment you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, who knows good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom. And so she took some of the fruit and ate it. And she also gave some of it to her husband and he ate it with her. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked and so they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. This is the word of the Lord.
The psalm for the first Sunday in Lent is found Psalm 51, reading their selected verses. Have mercy on me, O God, in your goodness. In the greatness of your compassion, take away my offense. Thoroughly wash me from my guilt, and of my sin cleanse me. For I acknowledge my offenses, and my sin is always before me. Against you only have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight. A clean heart, O God, create in me, and give me a steadfast spirit. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Give back to me the joy of your salvation, and a willing spirit within me. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praises. The reading is found in St. Paul's letter to the Roman congregation, reading there at the fifth chapter. Brothers and sisters, through one man sin entered the world, and through sin death, and thus death came to all men, inasmuch as all sinned. But now, by the righteousness of God, the transgression of the one, namely death coming to reign through the one, is forgiven. And we receive the gift of justification through the reign of the one who came for us, Jesus Christ. In conclusion, just as though one transgression, condemnation, came upon all, so through one righteous act, acquittal and life comes to all. For just as through the disobedience of the one, the many are made sinners, so through the obedience of the one, the many are made righteous. This is the second lesson.
The Gospel for the First Sunday in Lent. At that time, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward he was hungry. The tempter approached and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become loaves of bread. But Jesus replied, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and made him stand on the parapet of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Then the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their magnificence. And he said to him, All these I will give to you if you will prostrate yourself and worship me. At this, Jesus said to him, Get away, Satan. It is written, The Lord your God shall you worship, and him alone shall you serve. Then the devil left Jesus, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Grace and peace and mercy be unto you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Today we're going to be looking at the Gospel lesson, The Temptation of Christ by the Devil. And we'll see it in the context also of the book of Genesis, the loss of innocence of our first parents, Adam and Eve. You know, they lost their innocence that day, the day they disobeyed God's law, And the first effects of their sin was that their eyes were opened and they realized that they were naked. Of course, I'm speaking about Adam and Eve in the account of the original sin, but Adam and Eve could no longer be comfortable with themselves. They had eaten from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and now they had knowledge of evil. In Scripture, to know means to experience, to know 
means to experience. Adam and Eve had experienced evil, and it was horrible. They were exposed, they were vulnerable, they were filled with guilt and shame, experiences and emotional feelings they had not known before. Their choice of sin, a turning away from the world of life, had created in themselves these feelings, and life was not the same ever again. They had, unknown to themselves, chosen death, and all mankind suffered as a result of their choice. All people suffered from sin and the result of sin, which is death. Now you and I experience the suffering every day of our lives as good people, innocent people around us die. We see the effects of sin because the effects of sin is death and people die. And it is very sad indeed. We also experience the effects of evil as we see our children assaulted by the media every day, as they are assaulted by the immoral aspects of society, by those who want to take advantage of innocent children. We experience this as evil grabs people and chokes the joy of life out of them. We experience evil as we also suffer the results as we have committed things ourselves which do not offer us life, but offer us death, and we are uncomfortable with ourselves. But St. Paul tells the Romans, and he tells us, that just as sin and death came into the world through the actions of one man, Adam, grace and life have come into the world through the action of another man, Jesus Christ. When Christ has brought into the world his grace, it is more infinitely powerful than the hideous power of sin. Jesus demonstrated his power over evil when he defeated the devil and the devil's diabolical temptations after his 40 days of fasting in the desert. We see the beginning petitions of the Lord's Prayer also in Jesus' responses to the devil. Jesus would seek bread from God, not from the world, and he taught us to pray to God for our daily bread. Jesus would seek the will of God and not impose his will upon the Father. He would not jump from the parapet of the temple as an attempt to force the Father into action. He taught us to pray, Thy will be done, not my will, O Lord, but yours be done. In the third temptation, Jesus would not be bribed with all the riches of the world, all the kingdoms of the world, given to him for his rebellion against the Father. He would respond by saying, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. You and I, all people, are tempted. We are tempted to sin. That, sadly, is part of life. But we can defeat temptation. In some ways, we all experience each of the temptations the devil puts before the Lord. The devil wanted Jesus to trust in his own power rather than the power of the Father. He wanted Jesus to change rocks into bread. We, too, are tempted to trust in ourselves instead of trusting in God.
During its colonial and frontier days, Americans established a tradition of rugged individualism that became part of our national society. But even the early settlers recognized their strength came from God. And we must pay much attention to the fact that most of the pioneers were people of deep faith, seeking God's protection and love, and thanking God for caring for them in many ways. We cannot fall for the temptation to think that we can do anything by ourselves. Rather, we trust in God. We have faith. Yes, we must do our best to provide for our future and the future of our loved ones, but ultimately, we rely on the Lord to care for us. We can resist the temptation to push God out of our lives. The call to faith is not easy. In fact, it is usually quite difficult. It is quite difficult to spend so much time and energy on a child or on a situation, for example, a career, and then trust the future to God rather than to ourselves. We do our best to raise our children, but then we must entrust them to God. A career opportunity arises. We pray to God for help. We do our due diligence. We make a career choice, and then we trust in God. It is tempting to think that we do not need God. In fact, there is the temptation of the atheistic element of the world. There is in our world a so-called intellectual elite who often mock people of faith, who belittle us for believing in God and assert that they have wonderful lives without God. And then they go on to write books about the quiet desperation of everyday man. We cannot allow ourselves to be fooled by them. We know that we need God. We cannot survive without God. We cannot be happy without God. We cannot live forever without God. Some of the intellectual elites say, I am a self-made man. But we respond by saying, really? It took God a full day to create Adam. How many days did it take you to create yourself? Jesus in the second temptation, shows us that we are tempted to force God into action instead of simply trusting in God to care for us. We may not be standing on the edge of a building deciding that God must save us if we jump, but we may also be toying with the idea that we can destroy ourselves with all kinds of evil, and if we fall, God will catch us. We may be living on the edge of destruction. And the edge of destruction is preceded by presumption. We presume to think that God will take care of us even if we reject the way of life that God has given for us to live. God is all-merciful, that is true. But God is also all-just. We trust in God, but as Jesus told the devil, we do not put God to the test. We have to resist the temptation to live life on the edge, because if we slip, 
it may be that we fall into eternal death. And like Jesus, we can fight the temptation to be brought by the world. There are so many people who have sold their lives and sold their souls for wealth and power. The devil tempts us to join those who do evil, to turn down and turn off our consciousness, to reap wealth beyond our imaginations. There is a lot of money to be made selling contraband, a lot of money to be made cheating our way to the top. But if we refuse to sell our souls to the devil, we are faithful to God. We live for one and only one reason. We live for our Heavenly Father, not for ourselves. The goal of our life is not to amass a fortune. The goal of our life is to live for God. We have been brought into the kingdom of heaven. and We must not sell our souls to the world or to the devil. Selling our souls to the world and the world's values is often the same thing as selling our soul to the devil. At the end of the gospel, Satan leaves Jesus and the angels come to minister to him. There are angels there and there are angels here. Often we talk of our children as little angels. But there are other angels who are real spiritual beings. How many angels are with us every day? How many angels are with us as we go to and forth from work? How many angels are there in our homes? The angels are all about us. They are sent by God to be our protectors, to be our spiritual caregivers, but they do not force us. They do not make us do what we don't want to do. The angels will minister to us if we join them in worshiping God and obedience to God and fighting against evil. We are warriors in the battle against the devil and against the evil one. The Lord and his forces fight for us. In the great song by Chris Tomlin, it says, God of the angel armies are by our side. We ask the Lord today to protect us from the temptations of the world, to lead us not into temptation, to deliver us from evil, from the evil one, from the evil around us, and the evil within us. And we trust in God to hear our prayer. For we know that we are loved. And as St. Paul says, we have been purchased by God for everlasting life at a great price. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And may the peace from God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in its faith unto everlasting life. Amen.
prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Transform my thoughts and let me understand how marvelous you have made me. And let me remember my Lord Jesus Christ who died upon the cross for my sins. And so I pray, change my habits by the power of your Holy Spirit, so that I may use my tongue to speak hope and favor to others in Jesus' name. And let us pray. Merciful Lord, thank you for the gift of forgiveness. Your only Son loved me enough to come to the earth and experience the worst pain imaginable so that I could be forgiven. Your mercy flows to me in spite of my faults and failures. Your word says to clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Help me to demonstrate unconditional love today, even to those who have hurt me. I understand, Lord, that even though I feel scared, my emotions don't have to control my actions. Father, may your sweet words of forgiveness saturate my mind and direct my thoughts. Help me release the hurt and begin to love others as Jesus loves them. I want to see my offender through my Savior's eyes. If I can be forgiven, so can they. I understand, Lord, that there are no levels to your love. We are all your children, and your desire is that none of us should perish. And so give me that heart of faith and hope and trust in you. I ask this in your holy name, even Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Friends, I hope to be able to come this week, but the surgery I had was more complicated than I thought it was going to be. And it seems that we're not going to have worship next week either. So, I'll see you in two weeks from this broadcast. Thank you very much. Bye.